Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Social Work Leaders. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking to Donna. Donna is a social worker, a passionate social worker with a lot of experience working with children and young people. In addition to her experience in practice and management, Donna is the owner of Social Work Toolkit, an online space which started during COVID-19 and has brought together tens of thousands of social workers to share their tools, support one another, and ultimately create the community that social workers need. We speak about Donna's journey, her love for practice, and we really delve into the need for community in social work. Donna speaks about her inspiration for Social Work Toolkit, as well as how she's creating spaces for social workers to access additional support. It was lovely having Donna as my first guest of 2024, and her passion for the profession is infectious. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I did. Hi Dee, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. No worries at all. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you as the first guest episode of 2024 really I think it's going to be a good one yeah absolutely excited for it good 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 so Dee before we delve in um, I'm really keen to know more about who you are inside and outside of social work so if I was to ask you who you are what would you say First and foremost, um, I am a mom of two boys, amazing boys, um, and one of which passed his driving test just before Christmas, so that was a, a Merry Christmas for us. Um, yeah, it, football is, is my world in terms of going and watching them on a very cold Sunday, especially one just gone out, it was freezing. Um, so yeah, they, they keep me busy um and keep me thinking all day every day um I'm a bit of adrenaline junkie as well I like doing um things like jumping out of planes and you know climbing up over the O2 um not many people know that about me actually um but yeah I love I love doing stuff like that so yeah just getting out there and seeing different things you know amazing and then what about in social work tell me about your, yeah, how long have you been a social worker for? So I've worked in children's services for 20 years now, which is really scary when I say that out loud, um, in all different kind of um, like capacities and things. Um, and kind of was um, an unqualified social worker for a while as a social care assistant and then went off and got qualified um and I qualified in 2014 I think it was in the year 2014 so actually this year we're coming up to oh gosh another milestone wow yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely and why social work so my value base has always been kind of in terms of supporting people um, and just um, wanting to help um, others. Um, my childhood, I grew up in the Salvation Army, so it was always about helping others. Um, but 
it just got to a point I was I'd had various jobs but my last job before social work was in insurance and it was I mean no offense to people that are in insurance but it was dull very dull and I just I just got to a point where I was like there's, there's got to be more to me being able to help people so I, I started out as um, uh, a health care assistant with um, with adults with um, who lived in the community <clears throat> with um, challenging behaviour, mental health um, needs, things like that. And then it just went from there, really. Um, yeah, worked in, you know, children's residential homes. Um, one of the best jobs that was. Um, loved, loved doing that. Um, and then I wanted, through that, I met quite a lot of social workers and just wanted to be a part of that side of things and it's just gone from there amazing and then since qualifying so like you said you're coming up to a a 10-year milestone of since qualifying and what's your journey been like so far uh an interesting one Mm um I always go back to especially on the tough days that it's the best job in the world like I, I love it like don't get me wrong there's there's been tears and tantrums galore um but I just I just think we hold such a privileged position um and whether families know it or not you know we get to go into people's homes and and lives where they may or may not know that they need us at that point um and I just yeah, I just, I, I love it. I say it to, to everybody that I work with, you know, when, when the going gets tough, it's, it, what, it's, what is it that drives us to come back every day? Yes, absolutely. And, and like you said, it's about understanding why you've come into the role, because there will always be those tough days, won't there? And yeah. it's about understanding, and I, I like particularly what you said about um, the privilege that it is to be able to go into someone's ha- home and to help them um, yeah. and I think holding on to that is really really important yeah absolutely I think when you're you know when you've got a child that's saying I you know I'm scared I need your help you know that and or they're talking to you or you've got you know I I remember speaking to a, to a boy who just lost his mom and you know it resonated with me and 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 just building that relationship with that young person um and knowing that you had a positive impact on that child will forever keep you going back um i think i think the my journey in terms of being in uni was different um I didn't particularly enjoy the uni experience, but I think that's because I was a mum of two. Um, I'd been a social care assistant for four years prior going to uni. And I do think there is an element where universities don't always set people up to know the realities of the job. Absolutely. Um, and and we and I'm seeing that now. Actually, we're seeing that when when students, um, not all, but some, come. Um, so I was kind of I was really glad when the uni experience had finished. 
but weirdly it's gone for full circle and I I've gone back to my uni and presented to students there now like you were coming yeah. through so a bit of a full circle moment going on yes which is amazing but actually and the reason I say it's amazing and I don't know about what it was like when um you were in uni but I know for me when I was in university we didn't have many um, experienced social workers coming to speak to us and I love that I'm seeing more and more social workers now and managers going back to universities and having conversations with students because I'm hopeful that that is a big part of kind of supporting and gearing social or students up for the reality of practice. Yeah absolutely and I, and I think there's there's weight in terms of um, retention yeah. and kind of driving that workforce which is a massive nationwide thing at the minute isn't it you know and and, and trying to support from the start um and I do think we we owe it to those that are coming through now to to give a clear picture of what it's like um I think Covid had a massive impact what what we're what we're definitely seeing is that um you know newly qualified or students that are now coming through you know, when they were on third year placement, for example, they never went out and knocked a door because they couldn't because we were in lockdown. And the anxiety that that then leaves um, a student or an ASYE is huge. Absolutely. Um, and, that, and that's quite worrying, actually, because regardless of where you are, there's always that door that you don't want to knock on, but you know you have to. Exactly so, that. Yes. You know. And I think... Um, another gap that it was it created was the absence of community you know being yeah. able to come back and actually say I felt really anxious about that visit and having someone else speak to you you know speak through that experience and support with your confidence yeah. um I, I wondered when you qualified what your experience was of community as a new social worker um to be honest I had a great team um I think that um we had kind of what I always call, call the old school. So, um, you know, when you've had a, a difficult visit or there was somebody there to go out with, um, that that is getting better. Um, but there were times where that sense of community in the team had been lost. Um, and, you know, like the day where I don't know, something's happened before you get to work or your kid just wouldn't get ready in the morning, um, you know, and you feel like you've done a day's work before you've even got into work, yes. you know, um, and that that team would know that you've just had a really rubbish start to the day. That's getting better. I don't think we're where we were, but I was I was really fortunate. I had some really good people around me sadly a few of them left social work um and I wish they'd consider coming back mm. um but yeah it, it for me it was it was okay yeah it was okay that's that's really good to hear and I'm so glad that more and more social workers are having that experience but I'm equally mindful that many social workers don't have that experience um yeah and it really does D, bring me on to social work toolkit because and I know you'll 
talk a little bit about what social work toolkit is for those who are listening and may not know. But when I see and think about social work toolkit, I think about community. Um, that's the first word that really comes to my mind. And I wondered firstly, maybe if you could share a bit more about social work toolkit and what inspired you really? Yeah, so so Social Work Toolkit absolutely is about community. Um, so it was created um, in lockdown. Um, it was very much the thought behind it was to bring social workers together um, to be able to kind, kind of connect and share uh, resources or ideas or just ways of working um, in the climate that we were back in lockdown. You know, we... We weren't always included in the clap outside at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday evening, you know, um, but our jobs, like lots of others, got really hard, especially when schools um, stopped yeah. um, and the place of safety for children was was ultimately gone. Oh. Um, I... Yeah, so so it came it came from lockdown and then it started off, you know, 300, 400 um, social workers, predominantly UK based. And then it's just it's blown up. I mean, I'm just in awe of all of our members. We've got amazing members um, now We're um, the end of the year. We had over 60,000 members across the world, you know, um, America, Australia, Africa, uh, Finland, mm-hmm. um, you name it, they're, they're joining us in, in, in their droves. And, and it brings, it brings everybody together with a sense of purpose. Yes. Um, and it's a place where when you've had a tough day, and you just want to go, that was awful. They know that there's somebody around to kind of go, it's okay. Yes. And that's exactly what I see um, as I'm a member of Social Work Toolkit as well. (laughs) (laughs) So that's exactly what I see is that, and, and it kind of takes me back to, you know, when you're told early on, no question is a silly question. Um, And that's also what you see in that you just, see questions or comments from you know about everything and anything and always a number of people coming in to give a response to give some advice to give some guidance um and it's just lovely lovely to see did you envisage it go like that um no so i what i will say is that i started off as a moderator on the facebook page um, so it wasn't my creation to to start with. If if you know, I'm being honest with you, it, I think the creator had a very clear vision, and unfortunately, passed the well. Fortunately for me, passed the reins over mm. um, to kind of continue with it. And I think he did that knowing that we shared the same value in terms of where we wanted it to go. I'm very much. Um, wanting to drive it further because I think that a social work toolkit is forever changing um and um in the in the current climate that we're we're now in where resources are really short um we're dealing with more complexity in terms of 
um, the concerns that are coming through, not just children, but adults, you know, mental health, we're, we're all trying to kind of wade through it all, so to speak. Um, and so my vision for the toolkit is to be like a hub um, of where people can just go to, whether that's for support or whether that's to find something for their practice to help them improve or just to offload. Yes, yes, absolutely. That for social workers, by social workers space, you know, yeah. is so important. It's, absolutely. yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I wondered how important you've kind of touched on it but when thinking about professional growth professional development how much do you feel that community has to play with that or play in that oh, like massive um I think you know we all have different perspectives and, and I think that there's always moments where you just can't see the woods through the trees um and it will just take somebody that's outside of that little bubble that you sometimes end up in to go, well, have you thought about that? It's like worldwide group supervision. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we could all get in one room. I mean, I love that. I, I absolutely love it if I could like do like a massive conference or something where everybody comes, but I can't you know that might be something in the yes. future you know never say never yes absolutely I think that would be amazing bringing <laughs> yeah. everyone together in that way I don't know what venue would take that capacity but that would be amazing yeah, that'd be a question absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but no I agree I think that element of community and social workers being able to share resources knowledge supporting each other is so important and then I know um, that alongside that, you've created Safe Space, which is a space for social workers. Um, and I was, again, in, yeah. interested to know more about Safe Space and then what inspired you to create that too? Yeah, so yeah, I created Safe Space around September, October of last year. Um, it, it came from me line managing ASYEs in, in my day job um, and just seeing the level of anxiety um, and the level of needing support and as I was kind of scrolling through the toolkit and kind of joining other Facebook groups there was always kind of a call of for action in terms of support needed for people um and it it just got me thinking that actually you know is there something it, it's good to have a big space where people can come and connect and share but actually some people may just want the one-to-one -one yeah. and um just have that conversation with somebody that's not connected really to them um but offer that reassurance and get them to make their own action plan as to how they're going to move it forward so I don't give the answers because who's who's ever got an answer you know but it's it's about giving them what I've learned and 
the tips and tricks that keep you coming back the next day. Yes. And I think having that independent space is is so important. And I think I've said before that it's something that I believe that all local authorities really should offer their social workers because no matter how wonderful your manager is, there is that power imbalance, isn't it? And there is no doubt that there will be times where social workers just don't feel able to have that open conversation with their manager um, sometimes it's because they don't have that relationship but other times it's just they're just mindful of that power imbalance mm -hmm. so I think having that safe space is is brilliant and that's and that's where the title of it came from really I mean funnily enough before um I came to say hello to you guys today um I did have a safe space session with somebody and they were very much saying the same you know they were saying that they've got a lovely manager but sometimes they they just need that additional person to chat to um, I think it's important that I, I encourage them to speak to their manager um, and build that relationship up, absolutely. But ultimately, everybody needs a bit of extra support from somebody, doesn't, don't they? You know, and I'm I'm happy to offer that and I'm ha happy to... I've, I've met some amazing people, I'm not going to lie, um, you know, who come through my safe space or come through Social Work Toolkit. It's... It's just, yeah, I love it. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I love meeting new people. And the connections that I've made um, is just, it's unreal. I can imagine. And I can just see the passion as you speak about it. Do you just seem so excited talking about I it? I am. <laughs> I'm like a bit of a puppy dog, actually, which is really embarrassing. No, but I just, I, yeah, it's, it's. Yeah, I love it. Like the connection side of stuff and, and just really helping and supporting people. You know, it goes back to what I was saying about my value base. And I think if you nail that, then everything else can just carry on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wonder whether you had any advice for, I guess, any social workers who are just struggling to find that community or that like-minded community to support them on their journey yeah I mean firstly join the social work toolkit absolutely <laughs> but I think it's about going back to on the tough days when everything is going wrong the vending machine at work is empty there's no chocolate to be found anywhere I think you have to have that one person where you can just go, I'm really struggling. I'm really fortunate that I have um, my husband who has been with me since before being qualified. And he will know by the look of my face when I walk through the front door, whether to pass me a cup of tea or a glass of wine. <laughs> That's it. He doesn't have to say anything to me. He allows me to breathe at the end of a, a horrible day. Um, but it's about having that one person. And if that one person isn't in your office or in your life, that's when the toolkit and safe space can really come into play and offer that to social workers. The, the safe space was created for students and ASYEs, but I am looking at moving that further outwards to um, support the whole workforce um, 
it's just me at the moment um and I'm one person you know meeting all these fabulous people um but I would love it to be bigger and you know bigger and better to help you know in any way I can in terms of the retention of staff and and just allowing social workers to do their job that they signed up for at the beginning absolutely and interestingly that brings me on to my next question really because I often think about um and I think when you're passionate about social work you do think in that way and I often think about my hopes for social work within the next five to ten years um and a lot of my hopes kind of sit with what you've just said because I'm so hopeful that we're going to have a workforce of social workers that come in and can stay in social work and feel able to do their jobs and feel able to thrive in their jobs um so that's really one of my hopes for the social work profession and I wondered what your hopes were for the social work profession in the next say five to ten years it's a good question and it's a big question I I uh... I would really hope that the powers that be, um, and I think the leaders of social work, really need to potentially strip it back a bit, not forget the basics, um, and really listen to their workforce in terms of what they're saying. I think it's important to, you know, I've worked in various local authorities where they really hone in on the support for newly qualified and ASYEs, but actually they really need to look at the workforce across the whole spectrum because if we lose experienced social workers, where does the learning come from those that are coming through? Absolutely. Um, And so my hope would be that those that make those decisions um, in terms of where we go um, in the next five, ten years, that they really consider that um, and think outside the box. You know, the, 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 the coin phrase when I was coming up through was, let's do some creative social work. Yes. That doesn't seem to be kind of in the big big wide world anymore so why don't we go back to being creative thinking outside the box and really supporting all of us to do the job that we really want to do absolutely absolutely definitely some big hopes and dreams but what I what feels really positive is that I speak to so many more social workers who have similar hopes for social work so and I'm seeing more social workers using their voices to share these hopes that we've got for the profession so yeah I'm hopeful that in the next five to ten years there will be some shifts there has to be there There has to be yeah absolutely there has to be and you know I think it's it would be such a powerful thing if all of those people saying the same thing had that platform to be able to do that Um, And, you know, that's where if I can give that little bit um, in to play in terms of the toolkit, then yes, absolutely. You know, I've um, 
over the last couple of months I've met, as I said, some amazing people. Um, you know, I I interviewed Fatima Whitbread, you know, who, and, and she's doing a campaign at the minute herself and, and just giving her that opportunity to, to share. But I've also met with social workers that have gone through significant trauma and had to leave because the trauma that they have experienced, they just haven't been able to then come back into the, the profession, which ultimately they loved. So there's things there that need to be done. Yeah. Um, and I think we all have that opportunity to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And just thinking about leadership, um, when we speak about social work leaders and and the things that we're hopeful that they could do, I always ask this question um, anyway, but I wondered when you think about social work leadership, what does that mean to you? I think leadership to me means a guiding light. Um, it means that the person that's steering the boat um, is able to navigate those choppy waters, but they're also thinking about the people that are helping to sail that boat. Um, I think leaders of social work have a very tough role to do. Um, and, you know, we're highly criticised for everything you know um and our leaders have to be the forefront of that um but it for me it just it goes back to being creative listening to people listening to your staff um and helping them as i say navigate the situations that you know, society doesn't doesn't often know about, you know. Um, and when you're when you're sharing your story about maybe what's happened in your day to somebody that isn't in the children's service, for example, world, they're absolutely gobsmacked that that is going on in the world, you know, because EastEnders doesn't ever. Or, or curry or any of the soaps actually um they never show the real side of social work and they always get it wrong I think I put something on LinkedIn the other, other month about it because it drives me insane yeah. you know <laughs> like, uh, yes. you know um but I just I hope we go back to the hope we I hope that leaders really take on board um what is being said and we move it forward together I agree. I completely agree. And and Donna, it's, you know, hearing social workers like you with so much passion, with so much drive, um, who have been here for a long time and have seen a lot of aspects of, of social work that um, I think it's really, it feels really empowering to hear your voice speak about these topics in such a passionate way and not only speak about these topics creating the spaces for others to be able to have their own voice as well so thank you honestly it's it's amazing thank you, to have it. Thank you. that's really lovely I mean 
it's just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel difficult to do because I love doing it so you know it the, there's been some massive learning for me in terms of what this means um alongside my day job you know and it, it's uh yeah but it's it's great and and my I have to give a shout out to um my couple of Facebook moderators that help me keep the Facebook page kind of safe as a safe space um because we get some random things every now and again but um yeah just a shout out to them because they do help me um but yeah it's it, it's great so Dee if other social workers want to connect with you and find out more about what you do how can they do that so at the moment we've got um across uh LinkedIn Facebook and Twitter uh the social work toolkit is all over that um so you can contact me through there um, we've got website up and running um, and there's um, contact form um, that you can um, send me a, an email through. Um, and I'm, you know, usually pretty responsive on, on the emails. Um, might need to bear with me because as I say, it's just me. But <laughs> um, yeah, I'm always, I, I'm always available for feedback or, or if people want to chat to me about something or or even become involved in the toolkit um or want to work with me in terms of projects absolutely just get in touch amazing brilliant and i'll put all of that information um at the bottom of the the podcast so anyone who is listening and would like to know more you can go in and and access everything that donna's doing lovely thank you no, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Dee, for this conversation. And thank I'll you. See you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Take care. That brings us to the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it and that it encouraged you in some way. I'd also encourage you to join Social Work Toolkit on Facebook to be part of a community of social workers supporting each other through the profession. I will put details of where you can connect with Donna in the description box below. So thank you. Once again, take care and speak soon.